All right, welcome back to the big program. Uh, Kevin Carius with you on Sports 1440 with our Wednesday co-host, David Schlemko, powered by Cougar Paint and Collision, our family helping your family for over 40 years. Check out cougarcollision.com. I'm having a little problem with my rear window in the Explorer, Duke. You've, you've, <laughs> every time I come in, it's not closing properly, so I might have to take it in the old Gordy Dick to see what's going on. Duke Duke tells me, hey, your lights are on every morning. He says the window light is not turning off because the the latch is open. I don't know what's going on. Um, How about Kate and Meta? I mean, 18 years old, I'm still having trouble stringing together three words (laughs) after 33 years in the broadcast industry. That guy's smooth, man. Very impressive. Well-spoken young man. Oh, um, Did you ever get into tennis or not? Yeah, you know what? I'm a big tennis fan. Um, We would play a little bit in the summer, you know, summer training, try and stay in shape, and you realize real quick how good they are. (laughs) And in the summer, you know, it's the stop and starts probably, right? Helps you. A hundred percent. Would... I always think, you know, I always think of players in the in the NFL especially. I guess we've seen it in the NHL too. Um, blow it in Achilles in off season training. I yep. always think I, I always think if you're doing that and you're not exactly your body's not in tune to what you're doing, that could happen. But you know, in the summertime, you're right. Tarps off, right? You know, you got the oh, sun yeah. going. The the Laurier Heights. That's where we live in uh, in Laurier. Two unbelievable tennis courts there. Oh yeah. So tarps nice. off, playing in you know in the sun. Yeah, we used to go in St. Albert to the courts there and play a little bit. More yeah. fun than running. Wow. <laughs> Tons of fans in the neighborhood coming out to check it out. Duke, did you get into tennis or not? Uh, not not after you're crushing the 28-ounce steak here the other day. No, no. Uh, there were tennis courts in Delburn. I never saw a net <laughs> strung up across them. They were mostly used for, uh, like, ball hockey tournaments and stuff like that exactly (laughs) and uh these days now that i do have access to some i think i'd probably make about one move and both my Mm. knees would explode so it uh probably not on the docket for me no no nets in delburn what do they do just throw a few saw horses across the i just roll out a few uh straw bales across (laughs) where the pole because the poles are still in the cement but there's no net across them so just uh, yeah throw some straw bales out there and that's uh Pretty close. You t- couple on top of each other. That's got to be pretty close to exactly a tennis net's height, I would think. Two couple straw bales? Small square bales, yeah. Maybe. Got to be very close. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I could just see the Duke crushing into the net going for a ball. Well, that's Diving the, hard. The bales would be a little more uh, forgiving if I were to barrel into them at top speed. So That's true. <laughs> I'm just trying to think. I think, you know, down on, on the... Obviously, the tennis nets in the middle, they're about two and a half inches lower than the sides, you know, they how they string it up. Sure. So maybe you'd have to just chisel out a little straw or something. I don't know. <laughs> you grab a few <laughs> like, I mean, what are you going to... Yeah, like the, you're taking a little, a minor, one of those little uh, Ryobi chainsaws to it and just to, to like whittle it down. Trimmer. Yeah, that'll work for you. Well, if there's one thing I know about Delburn, I don't think it, they would have been too concerned about the preciseness and uh, accuracy of the the bale net measurement, <laughs> that's for sure. Um, I was lucky enough to go with uh, the old baker, uh, to the BNP Paribus Open. Several years ago, I uh, went with Laura, the better half, to uh, Palm Springs. And that I'll tell you what, this, t- this tournament is one of the best going. Uh, you could go, I think it was like 20, 25 bucks American for the entire day, and you, would, you can basically go to every court for the whole day except for center court. That's pretty nice. It was cool. That's now, really here's nice. the other thing, Schlemmer. When we went to this, um, 
oh, I don't know how many courts there were. Probably a dozen. Let's call it a dozen. Yeah. But on the practice court, one of the practice courts, Roger Federer was practicing. Cool. There were more people around watching Roger Federer than a lot of the matches. Oh, yeah, in the, in the smaller that. ones, you know. Yeah, it's uh, like Tiger Woods on the range, Exactly. Right? <laughs> oh, man, it was cool for sure. Uh, we've had a plethora of texts come in regarding the Oilers that Here are still go. coming in. I mean, Here it's we just, go again. Yeah, we, we're going to have John Wara, uh, Waro, pardon me, uh, from the Associated Press uh, with the Buffalo Bills at 1020. So how about two or three more minutes of... Oilers before we get to John. Let's uh, do it. Um, this comes from Rowdy Roddy. I wonder if it's Rowdy Roddy Piper. R.R. Piper, who's passed on, the real R.R. Piper. I have a friend that's R.R. Piper as well. I can't see this being him, but uh, good morning, guys. Great show. I think the problem is Woodcroft. I said it when they hired him. Sure, we got the bump and made the playoffs and conference final in his first year. I don't think he holds his top players accountable enough and over-disciplines his younger players, like Holloway, for one lousy play. Doesn't make sense. I know we've had a lot of coaches, but I think he gets out-coached and worries about trying to fool the media too much. Just my opinion, rowdy, rowdy. All right, David Schlemko, where would you assess, how would you grade um, the coaching uh, faculty right now with the Edmonton Oilers? Uh, I don't think you can lay the blame on Woodcroft on this one. I wasn't a huge fan of the hire when it happened just because he was the former D coach in San Jose, like the year before I got there. Mm Mm-hmm. I heard, you know, some good stuff, some not so good stuff about him. Maybe just more his personality, okay. maybe like a little bit soft. But I, I don't think this is on him. I mean, how many coaches have there been now in the last eight, nine years? <laughs> well, we could run down the list uh, basically since, uh, you know, you get back to 2010 when you had Pat Quinn. Uh, right. The one year you had three coaches. You had Dallas Akins, you had uh, Craig McTavish for four games or whatever it was. Then you had Todd Nelson. Um, before that, you had Ralph Kruger. So there's a lot. Anyways, um, there's a lot. It goes on and on and on. I mean, I the think, list is um, endless. I don't know if he's getting out coached per se. I can't, I can't see that systematically. Um, I would agree that maybe he doesn't hold his top players accountable enough sometimes, you know. They, they do have a lot of rope. There's a lot of casual play and casual plays with the puck, poor puck management out there that needs to get cleaned up. And like we were talking about earlier, they, they are trying to make some adjustments in the D zone. Obviously, it's not working right now. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they seem a little disjointed, but, I mean, you're giving up 10, 15 grade A chances a game that they're not earned chances. I, I don't think this has anything to do with systems. I think it's... It's puck management. It's it's discipline with your puck decisions. It's, I mean, do you it, see a bigger response than tomorrow? It has to. I mean, we keep saying this. When's the response coming? When is when's the change going to happen? Is it tomorrow against the Rangers? I mean, you hope so. You, you watch the game in Nashville and you think, okay, now we're going. And <laughs> and for the most part, they played a good game in Winnipeg too, mm-hmm. or against Winnipeg. Against Winnipeg, yeah. But um, yeah, last night was. 
Well, especially ugly. in the it's third period. Ugly. Especially in the third period. And again, I mean, the second, it could have been a different story score-wise heading to the third with a 3-2 oh, lead. absolutely. So. Campbell was unbelievable in the second. Sure was. Uh, when we come back, uh, John Warrow from the Associated Press as the Buffalo Bills get set to take on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Thursday night football. That's coming up on the Kevin Carey Show with David Schlemko right after the break on Sports 1440. All right, welcome back to Sports 1440. Time now for the Pigskin Report, brought to you by Mr. Lube. Stop in now for an oil change. No appointment necessary. Be winter ready at one of their nine Edmonton locations, mrlube.com. Check it out. Uh, Kevin Carries, along with the former NHLer, David Schlemko, as we are set to welcome in John Warrow from the Associated Press covering the Buffalo Bills. Uh, the Duke of Delburn is just getting John on the line right now. Buffalo Bills come into action on a Thursday night football game against um, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The Bills with a record of 4-3. and three. Tampa Bay sitting 3-3. Three and three. <laughs> you know it's funny so the duke yeah sorry man uh fat fingers here fat fingers here duke that we, we kind of talked about that last week so uh anyway we've got uh, john on the line now john uh you're with kevin carius and former nhler david schlemko uh welcome to sports 1440 well i mean i thought maybe you didn't want me and that's probably a good reason but you know what yeah uh, whatever. We might as well do this anyway. Yeah, no, we wanted you, John. We wanted you, uh, for sure. Your your last uh, or most recent article regarding uh, the bills that we just uh, checked out was um, the low positive approach by Josh Allen. Can you tell us all yep. about that? Well, he's trying to rein in his emotions. I mean, this guy... Um, Josh is is a raw talent, or came into the NFL as a raw talent with a lot to prove. He's proven that, and he figured that the next step in his emotional or growth or development would be to try to find an even keel um, and rein back his emotions and, 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 and be more of a, um, you know, just a, a, a ride, ride the highs and lows less, you know, mm-hmm. To even out the peaks and valleys of, of of what happens during an NFL season. However, he's not built that way. This is a guy that really, you know, fuel is fueled by emotions. And yes, you need to keep them in check. And David will probably know this, you know, having played as a professional athlete. But um, you you also need those emotions to fuel your game and as a quarterback to show that energy that especially when you're down to to help lead the team back um so maybe he he feels he may have reined himself in too much yeah i think um especially as a quarterback you kind of have to be that emotional leader for the boys right right and i was talking to somebody else about this and it's i mean tom brady you know when you speak to him you know and, and i dealt with him for 20 years almost you know when he was with the patriots here you know he's very even keeled when he's speaking to the media, but you know this guy was a was was ferocious mm-hmm. as far as energy went when it came to uh, you know when you're between the white lines. Um, he was the absolute competitor, and you could see that in him, and you could sense that in him. And maybe this low energy stuff was kind of feeding off and bleeding off into the offense um, and affecting Josh's game. He he may have gone too far. And it's really kind of showed over the past three games where the offense has been exceptionally sluggish, especially in the first half, in which it's combined to score 10 points in the first half of this past three games. Hmm. 
Well, I remember seeing an interview with Josh Allen. Uh, they asked him what he did in the offseason. He said he plays golf. So first of all, <laughs> I was jealous. And, uh, you know, maybe, maybe that uh, has something to do with it. Raining in his emotions on the golf course, you got to be kind of level-headed, hey? Well, that, and, and I golf with Josh. And, yes, he, he gets up on the tee box and he can just he'll nail one down. You know, he'll nail a drive 300 yards. And then he'll shank one or, or slice one um, on the next time up. So yeah, I mean that, that's a very apt. That's pretty um, common. Description. <laughs> um, but it's but that's just kind of who he is. But that's what helps his game because he. We've seen when the game is on the line, especially even during the, during the three game skid, he is a competitor and he's willing this team back. He needs to show that a little bit more in the first half. Mm-hmm. We're speaking with John Warrow from the Associated Press. Kevin Carries, David Schlemko on Sports 1440. Uh, John, was this, did, did Josh Allen implement, implement this himself? Was it a team concept? Was it uh, maybe, you know, someone, uh, a therapist? Where, where did this come from all of a sudden? He said he's been thinking about it for, you know, over the summer. Mm-hmm. And then after the first two games, the first one was a dud. They lost on, you know, national TV to the Jets, in which he turned the ball over four times. The next one was a high, in which they, they routed the LA, uh, the, the Vegas Raiders. Um, so he felt after the, that second game, after the win over the Raiders, that he needed to be riding that, you know, he needed to be more even keel um, to focus himself. And he felt that. He, he plays better when he when, when he finds that I get sweet spot in 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 in, in his emotional capacity, um, and he said he thought he came up with it himself, and he did reach out to somebody outside of the organization um, mm-hmm. to kind of you know get a little bit more details on how to do this. Um, Zen's fine, you know, finding his Zen is fine, but um, um, he can't be falling asleep. Yeah, no, you can't. Yes, John Morrow from the AP uh, guest with us on the Kevin Carey Show with David Schlemko, Sports fourteen forty. So, Bills in uh, Tampa tomorrow, Thursday night football. Uh, Bills come in four or three, and uh, uh, Tampa comes in three and three. Uh, Bills four and three. So, what do you make of this game after the loss uh, this last weekend to New England? Well, uh, you know, I think the the short week favors the home team because they don't have to uh, they don't they, they don't have to make the trip, and I think it helps them being in their own stadium and having the home crowd behind them. The Bills are three and zero at home, and um, their last game was almost a dud in which they barely beat the Giants. But um, both these teams are, are are facing an early or mid season, almost mid season crossroads of their year. Um, both have been struggling. They're both coming off two kind of dud games. Um, but I think the Bills have still have more talent and hopefully can find more answers in figuring out what their offensive struggles are as opposed to I think we know and see more of who the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are, a team that has struggled running the ball, uh, a team that you know what you're going to get with Baker Mayfield behind center, they have some talent there and a team that really relies on its defense. So I think it's going to be a close game, but I think the Bills might might hopefully, after three three duds, find a way to figure things out. So, John, as a fan, um, I'm just wondering about the, the Bills mafia, <laughs> like the atmosphere. What's it like at a tailgate out there, and when did this really start? I mean, for me, I, we kind of see it on social media and the – 
jumping and smashing the tables and you know all that fun so when did that really start does this go a ways back or was it uh just kind of a recent thing with the whole bills mafia it really became a celebration that i noticed and i've been covering this team since 2000 um and really a big i mean tailgating in buff in, in, in orchard park has always been a big thing it didn't really catch on until um, I think the, the, the table smashing stuff started <laughs> back in the early 2010s. Right. But there's always been some, some colorful moments during the tailgate going back to Pinto Ron, who, who, who pulls this Pinto around with him um, at the tailgate. And it, it's an old beat-up Pinto, and he cooks food in it. He has this bowling ball shots that he hands out, and he's been doing that since the 90s. Um, so, I mean, it's always been a colorful experience. I've never had a chance to enjoy it going into the game, but, <laughs> you know, I get to see it, uh, but never get to experience it uh, in, in, as, as fans and friends and family uh, of mine have in the past. But it certainly is one of the more unique aspects of um of a Bills game, and I think of an NFL experience. And I do know if you go back to when the Bills were playing annual games in Toronto, mm-hmm. that was one of the big complaints among Torontonians, who many of whom, or Southern Ontarians, who many of whom make the trip to Buffalo to enjoy the tailgate, and with you know Canadian and Ontario restrictive drinking laws you just couldn't <laughs> replicate that thing um in, in 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 toronto so you you've never had a bowling ball shot then i actually have oh you have okay. i actually have i did once um so i did and and it's um uh it's generally a polish schnapps um that you drink out of the bowling ball the finger hole kind of thing so i've had one um, and and Hey, what you do is you take the shot and you drop the bowling ball on the ground and you go, hoo-hoo. Um, it's something, I guess, that's tradition um, yeah. and one of the many unique things that make Buffalo Buffalo. So can you fill all three holes up or is it just one? It's generally one. It's, it's one hole. I, I, I don't know how you could drink out of all three. Um, so that, that would make it a little bit, uh, well, messy, but then again, so, so tailgating here in Buffalo. Oh man, that would be. I would. We our producer that you talked to, the Duke of Delburn, crushed a twenty-eight ounce steak last Friday. I bet he could do about a ten-hole bowling ball shot. <laughs> now, now, now. Okay, well, well, good. Well, he's, he's got to come. He's got to come in then. Yeah, good for the Duke. Uh, as far as the game, let's get back to the game as we're with uh, John Warrow from the Associated Press. Uh, how much more of a role do you think we will see from Dalton Kin- Kincaid at tight end uh, with Knox out? Well, they're gonna be, he's going to be their only active uh, tight end unless they call somebody up today because Quentin Morris has also been ruled out. So, yeah, Kincaid is going is, is gonna to be an important part of this Offense, because the one thing that what, what the one thing he does is he finds the open spaces over the middle. Something that the offense hasn't done a lot in the first half, especially. Now, mind you, this this offense really run, revolves around Stephon Diggs, mm-hmm. but finding that secondary receiver, whether it's Dalton Kincaid um, or Gabe Davis, 
is an important factor to keep defenses at bay here. The Bills' running attack also needs to be good against what's going to be a stout defense. But Kincaid is going to play a factor here because he's coming off his best game, eight catches, 75 yards, and was really a factor over the middle. And that's where the Bills like to use their tight ends. Uh, Any reason in particular, John, that Gabe Davis has kind of uh, uh, not fallen off the map here the last couple of games, but he hasn't been uh, used in the offense as much as he maybe was earlier in the year? Well, it's it, it's been a hot and cold thing with Gabe Davis ever since, you know, really over last year in which he was bothered by a foot injury. Uh, the Bills have made a uh, really placed an emphasis on getting the ball to Diggs. Um, and, 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 and kind of Gabe gets lost in the mix, unfortunately. And that's been one of the problems and criticisms of this Bills offense that they don't have a secondary receiver um, on, on a regular basis. They don't have anybody outside of Diggs that Allen seems to trust. And I think that's an important part to develop as, you know, if, if this team wants to get out of its offensive funk, they need to find that secondary person um, while also incorporating some of what James Cook has done mm-hmm. in, in, in providing a spark on with a running game. Uh, we're speaking with uh, John Woro from the Associated Press uh, covering the Buffalo Bills as the Bills take on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers tomorrow at uh, Orchard Park. So when you look at the Bucks, uh, John, it's almost hit or miss with Baker Mayfield. He seems to either have a great game or a poor game. How are the Bills preparing for the quarterback of the Buccaneers? Well, I mean, that's, that's been his M.O., and I, I thought he didn't get a fair shake uh, during his time in Cleveland. Um, I thought, well, that, 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 that's a Cleveland problem when it comes to quarterbacks. Um, but, you know, Baker, Baker is, as I said, what you see. He's going to, he, he's, he might not be the guy, the premier guy like a Patrick Mahomes or a Josh Allen to carry a team. Um, but he is a serviceable man. He's, he's more of a game manager who understands football and you know can get the ball to his key receivers, being Godwin or Mike Evans. Um, what's interesting is that he's among the least sacked quarterbacks in the NFL this season because he's getting the ball off quicker. Mm-hmm. He's only been sacked eight times through six games. And that's going to play a key role because Buffalo's defense, as much as it plays aggressive, um, is down. It's, it's defensive tackle into Quan Jones and um, really didn't get a lot of pressure on Mac Jones last week, which, really, uh, which, 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 which was a factor mm-hmm. in that loss. Yeah. So how they need to get something, they need to get Baker Mayfield off the spot or at least hurry him off the spot whether it's sacks or not, um, to disrupt the rhythm that he gets into. Yeah, how's the how's Leonard Floyd looked in your mind, and and I guess just the Bills' defense as a whole. Well, the the defense has, has held up relatively well, given the fact they're missing three key starters, including DeQuan Jones, the middle uh, oh, sorry, their linebacker Matt Milano, who's really the backbone of that defense, and not having Tre'Davious White um, at cornerback. So they've had to deal with um, disruptions on injuries, going with younger players. Um, when it comes to Floyd, he's been a great addition, especially with Von Miller still being eased back uh, in the three games since he's come back from that um, knee injury that he sustained back last November. 
So Leonard Floyd has, has been a key player in the Bills' pass rush. They need Greg Russo, who plays opposite mm-hmm. him, to kind of step up his game after he's been bothered by a few lingering injuries over the past couple of weeks. So the defensive front is still the, the Bills' strength, even though it's missing Daquan Jones. And the Bills need to get Ed Oliver back after he missed last weekend's game with a toe injury because without Daquan Jones and Ed Oliver in the lineup, the Bills kind of got, well, trampled by, by, by a very weak offense in, in New England last weekend. Uh, one last one for John Warrow from the Associated Press, uh, Buffalo Bills reporter. How do you see the AFC East uh, shaping up here? Could you envision it coming down uh, to the final game of the season where the Bills are in Miami to close out uh, the uh, campaign? It, it could very well come down to that. Miami, well, let's let, let's look at it this way. The Bills have a very tough stretch of games coming up um, in late November and early December in which they play Kansas City, Dallas, and Philadelphia um, over a four-week stretch that, that, encompasses the Bill, that, that, that encompasses the Bills' bye week as well. Mm. So where the Bills are in mid-December is going to be interesting because – um, they've already lost ground to Miami, but have the tiebreaker so far because they beat the Dolphins. Yeah. The Jets are going to be a factor, but the Jets have to come to Buffalo um, to, to, for, for their second game. Um, as for New England, I just don't see them having enough there. Um, Miami, I think, is the better team right now in the AFC East. And right now, I would give them the edge of winning the division, though that game to close the season might have big implications, playoff implications for the Bills. Well, uh, appreciate your time, John. And I would do anything to get a picture of you doing a bowling ball shot tomorrow before the game. <laughs> Can you make it happen? Uh, I, let's. Let's hold off on that. Let's, let's hold off on that. <laughs> well, it would be nice to see. Uh, but, thanks. But, yeah. but let me tell you, it's just it's, it's, it, you don't even need to buy a ticket to go to the tailgate. So it's, it, it's just worth going. A lot of people actually go to the tailgate just to experience that. Yeah, I can yeah, see that. Well. Uh, thanks for coming on today. Enjoy the game uh, tomorrow night. Appreciate your time. Thanks, John. Thanks, John. Thanks, Kevin. Thanks, David. That's John Warrow from the Associated Press and our Pigskin Report brought to you by Mr. Lube. Uh, Be winner ready at MrLube.com. Would you ever entertain a bowling ball shot, Schlemmer? Honestly, it sounds pretty gross to me. Duke? (laughs) That's like drinking the beer out of your shoe, right? Ah, I mean, I'm sure there's a little sanitization uh, process, isn't there? (laughs) How well could you sanitize the inside of a bowling ball hole? <laughs> oh, come on, Unless you guys. you're literally just... Well, here's the thing about liquor, as we all know. Yes. It's a natural disinfectant. There you so, go. Uh, what did he say? The liquor, I would do what, it what did, once. He said it was like Polish Pol- schnapps, I think, yes. is, the, is the traditional thing to do out of it. Oh. So I'll try anything once, usually. Well, we were talking about the uh, shot ski. Have you ever done that, Schlemmer? Okay. A shot ski? Yes. Yes, I have. You have? Uh, again, they used to have it at most sports parlor, right behind the bar. How many t- how many guys or girls, uh, Duke, did you have on the shot ski? I think most I've ever done uh, back in a couple of the uh, university ski trip days, probably like, <laughs> well, uh, half a dozen at least, maybe six or eight. Uh, you really pack them in there, alternate, uh, kind of 
back and forth, uh, try well, to just pack them in there. They're glued to the ski, correct? Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. So yeah. you have four or five on there, and you everybody's got to be. But if you're really in... willing to cram shoulders as you lift it up, uh, a nice little T-Rex arm type lift with yeah. the, the forearms, you can get uh, six plus, I think. Oh, why wouldn't you? A cat dad texts in, do they use the same spray? To sanitize the shoes <laughs> that they do the <laughs> the bowling ball. Wow. Well, either way, that's going to build up some immunity, right? Oh, yeah. That is something. Uh, <laughs> man, you know, I just you just envision that guy behind the counter there, right? You take your shoes back and that, that spray goes in there. There's a cloud of aerosol. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's like, you know, when you, you know, you're watching the women do their hair and you can't even see the mirror anymore. It's just a cloud of aerosol. I'm in for the uh, bowling ball shot. Bring one in. <laughs> Bring a bowling ball in, Duke. We'll have one. No? Uh, I don't know where I'm going to find a bowling ball. Well, there's uh, there's Ed's Bowling right here in the mall. We'll just yeah. mosey on down there on a Friday afternoon and go, uh, go for a quick game. You, me, and uh, the real deal, Eddie Steele. Oh. Put something on the line, and then uh, everybody's got to... Take a few shots out of the Okay, who's the, who's the best 10-pin bowling right now bowler in the room here? I guarantee it's not me. Uh, I'm not bad. I, I wouldn't brag about my bowling skills. You've like you've, you've knocked a few turkeys down three strikes in a row or what? Oh, yeah. Okay. You must have done bowling excursions with the teams that you played on. That would have been a big yeah. thing, wouldn't it? Yeah. Actually, coaching. Okay. Uh, we, we do a lot of bowling. Team builders. Team builders. Yeah. Um, curling, big one. All the, the American teams that come up, it seems... They go to some curling rink in Canada. Did you ever do yeah. that? Yeah, when I was in Dallas, uh, we went in Winnipeg. Cody Eakin got us uh, the curling rink booked up there, but <laughs> I don't think they were too happy with us. We had like our beers on the ice, yeah. and yeah. Where was that at? What rink? I'm not sure what rink. It was in Winnipeg. Okay. Well, that's nothing wrong with that. A couple <laughs> pops. I mean, it's like the old days. You had a cigarette hanging out of your mouth too while you were. Sliding out of the hack. Oh, there you go. Curling's hard, though. It it's is. harder than it looks. And it's hard on, okay, so it'd be your left glute, your your arse muscle, right? Yeah, when you're if sliding. You keep, yeah, sliding out, and it's, it can get a little tight there, Duke, no? I found the weight. The weight is really hard. The weight of what? The rock? Like your throw. Like your throwing like to, weight. To, to, the difference between throwing a, a takeout versus like a draw or a guard. There's It's it's a very fine touch. Curling is hard. People, yes, it's, and it's very hard. The more frustrating part about curling, because this is another thing we did a lot uh, in university, was these curling weekends with the agriculture club out to <laughs> Kalmar or Warburg or whatever, where they do not care if you take the beers out on the ice, um, is that these people that have never curled before go out there and just like push out of the hack one foot, do a little like, half spinorama as they're throwing yeah. and somehow it's perfect every time whereas then I go out there I've curled my whole life and can't make a shot to save it the Jeff uh, Stoughton yeah but un <laughs> the unintentional Stoughton oh, okay. spinorama I yeah. see okay I just threw too hard every time and go right through everything well you gotta have the touch slimmer oh, well, working on it <laughs> oh man uh, we're back to wrap things up here uh, on the Kevin Carey Show with David Schlemko on Sports 1440. Right after the break, stay with us. We'll get to a few more of your texts. There's just still more coming in on the Oilers' defense. Stay with us. All right, we have a first, Duke, a first. That's ever happened in the Sports 1440 studios on the morning show so far. Guy bangs on the glass just now. And wants David Schlemko's autograph on a $5 bill. He says he's got, his name was Marcel. He just came in during the break. Schlemmer opened the door, signed a $5 bill, and a Montreal Canadiens head cover. 
Yeah, big Habs fan. Decked uh, out to the nines and Habs gear. <laughs> he said he had over two hundred five dollar bills signed by NHL players, yeah, alumni. Gretzky, Curry. Yeah, be worth a couple bucks. Well, it's well, it's worth a thousand dollars. Yeah, for sure. Um, Oilers in action tomorrow, and we're, the Techs were just—they've been streaming in all all day, and I'm sure they will continue on uh, at uh, noon with the low down, with low tide, and then uh, Jason Greger at two o'clock. Maybe not so much with fantasy friends. Maybe they will. Who knows? Um, something we were talking about uh, earlier, Schlemmer, as we uh, uh, close out the show. We kind of are both saying, is this the time now that we see Dylan Holloway? up on the first line to tomorrow night instead of Matthias Janmark, who we both kind of said was okay. Played well. Last I, night. I thought Janmark was good. I mean, we've ragged enough on the D and the D zone today. Yes, we have. Yeah, I think we can put that to bed for now. But, um, I mean, watching the game last night, they had a little stat on there. I, I can't remember which period, but I think we have five or six forwards with zero points. Mm-hmm. So that secondary Holloway's one of them. Come. He's one of them. But... He's done everything but put up points, yeah. in my opinion. I mean, he's skating. He's how many block shots has he had? He's mm-hmm. eating a lot of pucks. He's finishing checks. He's heavy down low. I think you reward him. You put him up with Kane and Dreisaitl for a game. I bet he scores. See what happens tomorrow. Okay, I bet we see that tomorrow. You think so? I do. Yeah. Uh, I hope so. I, you know, I mean, you're not going to separate Fogel, Nugent, Hopkins, and Hyman. No, that that's, line's that's kind of, and I mean, that, right that's now. your second line. What you what you like? And Fogel's been great too. Yes, he has. He's he's been doing all the same things as Holloway, but he's been putting the puck in the net. And uh, Brown, he was up on the top line already, um, still finding his way. We had him on yesterday talking about his his knee injury, uh, where he's at with that. It's been a long time, but I think it's at a point now where you're still now you're waiting. Let's go here. Yeah, right? I think. I don't know if that was the right move to start him on the first line and hype okay. him up with Connor from the junior. I mean, you miss a whole year, a whole year of hockey. Mm-hmm. I mean, your timing's going to be a little off. You know, it's going to take you a minute to get the pace back. And when you're playing with the fastest player in the world, that's it's tough. That's hard to jump in. They but, did um, look. They did have some chemistry in preseason. It looked a couple little plays here and there. Yeah, but you're playing against half American League yes. guys, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I, I, I haven't. I haven't been disappointed with Brown. I think he's a, he's a good, smart veteran player. He's plays a heavy game. Um, I, I think he'll keep getting better. So, the Karius Schlemko prediction for tomorrow: Dylan Holloway on the top line with Leon Drysaddle and Evander Kane, who probably was the best Oilers forward yesterday. Yeah, I've really liked Kane's game the last couple. He's uh, bringing that sandpaper back and. You know, sure enough, he gets rewarded with a goal last night. Uh, text coming in still. Um, Pillman just talking about curling. He curled for two years, couldn't keep it in the house. DK says, have you guys looked at Fogel's ice time? He was third last in time on ice yesterday. Uh, I'm going to check that stat exactly if he was third last. Um, That'd be a surprise to me, honestly. That, I, I don't know if that would be... Well, I'm going to check right now. So Schlemmer... You've liked Fogel's play. Obviously, two goals last night. That that second goal, what a rocket of a shot upstairs. He, he definitely has an underrated shot, right? I mean, that was from well outside the top of the circles there. 
I mean, I I think Fogel's always effective in a bottom six role, just the way he skates and he's physical, he's good on the cycle. But um, if he can chip in some of that offense, I mean, that's a huge bonus for the for the Oilers. Texture could be correct. Uh, 13 minutes, 38 seconds for Fogel last night, opposed to uh, Holloway was 15.04. McLeod, 17.28. Of course, Kane Nugent Hopkins uh, nearing 20. Drysettle, uh, the leader. Connor Brown, 15.15, so two more minutes than Fogel, a minute and a half or so. Um, but do you factor in the f- special teams, fa- right? Yeah, so he would be... Fogel on, not playing power play? Is Fogel plays penalties? second unit power play, which, again, it's so the mop-up. like 12 mop seconds. <laughs> yeah, which I, I think that they should almost split it up even a little bit more now with McDavid out. I asked Jay, Jay Woodcroft that question. Uh, earlier in the week yeah what's the the focus what's the plan moving forward because i mean basically it's been two minutes 150 right if you're if you're if if the if the opposition clears the pocket with with 145 well what's the team supposed to do with the second unit nothing right and i mean when they're clicking like i understand why they're out there for two minutes sometimes they're buzzing down in the ozone for two minutes but when the PKers are getting three clears and they're still staying out there and now they're tired and yeah, it's not a recipe for success. Smitty, the welder. <laughs> That's a good name. Smitty, the welder. Smitty, the welder. Smitty, the welder. Uh, it doesn't matter what they do with the lines. The defense is atrocious. Um, I think we've established that. We kind of have. <laughs> you know, um, there hasn't been any positive note about the defense, although we did say at the start, that Brett Kulak had not a bad game last night. Cooley's always pretty steady, I think. Um, when you look, and I, I mean, the plus minus, yada, 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 but he was even Steven last night with Vinny DeHarnay and Philip Broberg. So when you're swinging in those guys, the three of them would be your five, six, seven, obviously. They were the only guys that were even Steven. Yeah, a limited minutes too. Well, maybe Kulak, not 15, so much. It's almost 16 minutes for Kulak. That's where bro- you want him, no? Yeah, yeah. I think Broberg played nine, nine something. Nine sixteen and DeHarnay thirteen sixteen. Yeah, I, this is as close with a seven defenseman run. This is as close to that. Like we've seen guys down to four or five minutes, right? It's, Broberg it's, and things like that. It's tough if you're one of those bottom three guys when you're running seventy. I you know, know from experience. Yes. It's, it's not a lot of fun. I haven't heard one defenseman say that they uh, approve of the seven defenseman. It's it's just hard to get into yeah. a rhythm. But every really forward is. loves the 11 forwards, right? Well, yeah, especially if you're that centerman <laughs> double shifting. Yes. Would you like to, how about, would if you asked a forward, what if you went 13 and 5? Do you think the forwards <laughs> would be happy about that? No, I don't defenseman think so. would, the, the defenseman would be happy though, Duke, right? Would they? Yes, I five guys. I think you'd be really No tired. way. Yeah. That seems, that seems like pushing the limit a little bit too How many much. times do you go down to five? And the defensemen are they're rolling over the boards. They love it. They're into the game. Yeah, it depends. I mean, if you're playing a really good team and you're playing a lot in the D zone and somebody goes and gets hurt in the first and you're running five, it, <laughs> it can be a long night. We had a texter a lo- uh, an hour or two hours ago ask about, why not uh, with 11-7, why not move Bouchard up front? <laughs> <laughs> and then he, what did he say? It worked. It worked for uh, Bufflin. Yeah, I think he. I think he cited Dustin Bufflin yeah. and Brent Burns as his precedents there. Um, Evan Bouchard is not Brent Burns or Dustin Bufflin. I'm sorry. No. Oh man. You know what the Oilers could really use is an Oscar Cleft bomb. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Uh, hey Schlemmer, thanks for coming in again. Uh, great insight. Uh, 
these are always different days uh, when the Oilers have a poor performance the night before, and there some kind can be difficult for a former. A player to articulate uh, exactly what's going on, but you did a great job today. Appreciate it. Thanks a lot. Appreciate uh, that. And thanks to Derek Van Deest from NHL.com coming on. Mark Spector, Kenny Reed, the new book. It's out. Uh, he's going to be at uh, right here in West Edmonton Mall, Indigo, signing a uh, copious amount of copies on the weekend. Uh, Steve Cooley, a serious XM NHL network. Uh, Kate and Matt, it was great. A great young tennis player uh, from Edmonton will take part in the Edmonton National Bank Challenger uh, this weekend uh, starting Sunday and then following it up uh, for the course of the week at the Royal Glenora. And then John Warrow from the Associated Press with the Buffalo Bills. Coming up at the top of the hour, the former a Ross Shep T-Bird. Connor Halley and the Duke of Delburn with Fantasy Frenzy. From noon to two, the lowdown with low tide. Jason Greger takes us home at two o'clock to six with the Jason Greger Show right here on Sports 1440. Uh, thanks so much for all our texters tonight. You made the day great. Uh, they were coming in uh, one after another right from, well, even before seven o'clock. Uh, made the show nice and easy. Love to talk uh, Oilers. Hopefully they can turn things around uh, tomorrow against the New York Rangers. We will see you back here tomorrow, seven o'clock. Ladislav Schmid will be our co-host from eight to ten. Have a wonderful day. Uh, enjoy the rest of it. Thanks Thanks for listening. Uh, Here's the Duke with a sports 1440 update.